Hi, everybody. It's Curtis. Thanks for joining us for Wednesday of Easter week. One of the most famous of Jesus's actions in the week leading up to his crucifixion is when he washed his disciples' feet. In fact, if you've been around church for a while, you may have been in a situation where you were invited to reenact Jesus's act of service by washing one another's feet, whether at some sort of retreat or maybe as part of celebrating Easter week itself. I've been in a couple of those situations. I think I've led a couple of those situations, actually. And while they were certainly meaningful, I'm also a little bit ambivalent about them. And not just because of the ick factor. Because for us, washing someone's feet is such an artificial gesture. Like, washing feet is not a thing that we do for one another ever. And so it doesn't carry the same weight and meaning that it would have in Jesus's day. Because for Jesus, it was anything but an artificial gesture. Washing feet was a regular necessity, a fairly normal part of a dinner party or, in this case, a Passover celebration. What we miss in our reenactments of this event is that what made it shocking that Jesus washed his disciples' feet was not the act itself being weird or out of the ordinary. It was that this act was only ever done by a servant. Jesus' day had very strict social hierarchies and codes, and by taking this lowly task upon himself, Jesus was putting himself at the bottom of that hierarchy. He was heaping shame upon himself in a culture wherein shame meant something almost tangible. Shame stuck to you like, well, like mud on feet. And this would have, of course, put his followers even farther down the rungs of the social ladder, which I suspect might have had a bit to do with how angry some of them get. If you're so low in status, Jesus, that you would be willing to do this thing, what does that say about me? Jesus was taking a big risk in order to make a point about how he wanted his followers to act towards one another and towards the world. And that's interesting in and of itself. But what makes it even more fascinating is that Jesus does this not only for his followers who loved him, but also for one follower who was about to betray him. Judas was at this dinner, having already hatched plans to turn Jesus over to be crucified, and Jesus puts himself lower than his betrayer. Jesus calls us not to serve our friends or those who love us and serve us back, Jesus calls us to embody the reality that God loved us before we loved God. To embody that reality by loving those who don't love us. Sometimes our acts of service will result in people coming to know God and coming to love us. And sometimes those same people will take advantage of us and betray us. Sometimes even the people we thought loved us will be the ones to metaphorically stick the knife in. We've all experienced that, of course, when a trusted friend or family member, someone we've poured so much love and energy into, betrays us in turn. There is little in life that we can experience that hurts more than that. Now, one solution, of course, the one that makes the most sense, really, is to not put ourselves out there like that, to not risk it. I think that's a big reason why deep, long-term, face-to-face relationships seem to be harder and harder to come by these days. Because when we love that way, we're going to get hurt. And these days, we can just choose to instead disappear behind our screens 
whether those screens are of the TV or smartphone variety. But Jesus' example tells us that if we want to follow Jesus, we love anyway. Relationship is one of our core values at Pomona Valley Church, and it is a core value because we truly believe it is the best, most Jesus-y way to live, that belonging to a family centered around Jesus is what we were made for. But we also know that by emphasizing relationships, we're making it inevitable that people are going to get hurt, and we're going to do it anyway. It's one of those reasons another of our core values is sacrifice, actually. We are going to love one another, to love the world, to love our enemies, to love even those who might betray us, because that is the example that Jesus sets for us. And we can take that risk secure in the knowledge that even when the worst happens, we can trust that God's love for us, made real by the Holy Spirit and made tangible in our relationships with one another, will sustain us. I hope you'll join us this Easter week and into our future together in the awkward, painful, sacrificial, Jesus-y work of relationships, of loving others, even those who might betray us.